Hello, everyone, and welcome to Paul and Moses Play, a celebration of games and play, and a deep dive into video games and what make them so special to us. I'm your host, Paul Berberich, and with me, as always, is Dr. Moses Wolfenstein. Hello, Moses. Hello, Paul. We're back. We are back indeed, and not for the first time today. No, although uh, in a slightly more enduring and consistent manner. Yes. The soul Maybe even more burns. enduring manner. <laughs> uh, yeah, took a little dry run at an at a upcoming project here that we will uh, certainly share more uh, uh, with you all as it is uh, relevant to what we're doing here. Indeed, we've teased uh, off offline many times about the idea of dangling a project off of this podcast, and I think we have finally arrived at one that, A, is not a separate podcast. Not that we might not do that at some point, but it's probably for the best that we, uh, you know, keep focused. Uh, but B, uh, you know, dovetails very nicely with this, and I don't know about you, I think I like to uh, keep a little bit of an air of mystery uh, for this week. Indeed, especially since you're attempting us with such words as teased and dangling it's <laughs> I know. how could i not though I, right much like uh, the grapes above tantalus is it i can't remember anyway of course those sweet sweet grapes never uh, quite in grasp yes it's my it reminds me of uh fox and grapes or no dog and bone uh, there was one of those Aesop's fables where the dog uh, has like a bone in his mouth and he looks down into a pond and sees another dog with a bone and he wants both bones. So he like barks, but then he drops the bone uh, and uh, both bones are lost. You know, I could have sworn you were going to go for the fable about the uh, duck walks into a bar and says, got any grapes? And Wait, that's, that's not a fable, is it? Shit. Is this a, a put it on my bill situation or? <laughs> oh, no, it's a really bad long joke. It's one of those like the duck has to walk into the bar multiple times okay. and tell the joke. And we're just going to leave it at that. Shaggy dog action. It, exactly. And there are no video game connections whatsoever. So what if there was a video game, a shaggy dog video game? That could be interesting. Maybe. I'm uh, like. Um, this sounds like a point and click adventure that might have been made at some point. Yes. Um, but maybe it hasn't. A pointless click adventure. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dang, Paul. I think you might've just generated an entire genre that nobody needs, but is now like kind of inevitable. Yep. It's only a matter of time. Yeah. Well, speaking of time, time plus Paul and Moses equals game ranks. Game ranks. It's time for game ranks. And uh, here we are, Moses. What is your next rank? Yeah. So this is our 25th uh, game rank, Mm -hmm. uh, 26th episode. And um, I finally decided it's an opportune time to insert Grand Theft Auto Vice City into Ah. my list. It's the GTA game that I've played the most extensively. um, That I, I played it quite a lot back in the day. Uh, it is going to come into my number 21 spot between Johann Sebastian Joust and Dawn of War. Okay. Um, yeah. I, you know, it, it's possible that a different GTA game could have wound up here instead, um, but it's exceedingly unlikely. I missed San Andreas. I just didn't wind up playing it. I didn't have a console that could play it in the house at the time that it dropped. Didn't feel like it was worth, I kind of felt like it was worth circling back to later, but there are so many other games to be playing by the time that I was circling back. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just like a couple of years later, basically, right? Uh, maybe yeah. three years later, max. And then, uh, you know, I tried five. Uh, I missed four. Uh, Liberty, Forest Liberty City? Yeah. With the Russians? Yeah. Yeah, I should have played that game. I think I would have really liked it. Um, yeah. And five, I just couldn't couldn't get into it yeah it's like there was just too much it was just like i appreciated what they were doing but it just was not the game for me there was just way too much which brings me back to why vice city is on this spot why if it it probably would have been in san andreas instead if i if i had uh played that game um which is that it is a real sweet spot in terms of grand theft auto um you know open world game dev where there's a lot to do there's plenty to do. You can entertain yourself for an extremely long amount of time doing things that are completely tangential to the missions. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not too much. There aren't, it, it isn't layered with too many mechanics where, uh, for me, because I know yeah. a lot of people really appreciate that about GTA five, that it has so many things you can do. Um, but like driving and shooting really are like the core of vice city with lots of other little things kind of sprinkled in. Um, and uh, it, something you've talked about in relation to GTA, which is the soundtrack. Yeah. The whole, like they really were, were hitting on all cylinders with the radio stations at that point, for sure. Absolutely. They really had, they had that going on. So, um, you know, I could go deeper on this and you can certainly push me, but in, in a broad and general sense, like I had such a good time doing a lot of like controller pass play type stuff with with friends in the living room just like yeah. oh maybe somebody will take a mission maybe you're just gonna drive and run up stars and uh, or maybe you're gonna try and not jump, run up stars and you're just gonna be trying to do crazy tricks or whatever just jump random crap like all, all of that all of that it was just um a great game experience one that i don't know if it's possible to totally go back to um, but it is one where i think the graphics probably hold up in the time and place and context or like visually and the smoothness of the play, it would probably still feel good. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if we covered this. Did you miss out on Grand Theft Auto 3? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I never played 3. That was just a function of timing um, in terms of like, that's like, if if you think about that Vice City was in the period of time when I was coming back to games, as listeners of uh, earlier episodes of our podcast know my story there. like you can see how Vice City slots right back into that period along with like Tony Hawk 3 and um, you know, SSX Tricky and et cetera, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I certainly enjoyed it. And I had a similar experience with Grand Theft Auto 5. I made it, I don't know, almost to the end of the game, but it felt like it was fighting me half the time. And I didn't really like the characters that much. Um, and I, I think it was sort of uh, the natural step before uh, Red Dead Redemption, which was completely clunky and leaden with mechanics and just too much, too slow, too cumbersome. Like they started getting definitely into that mode with, with yeah. Grand Theft Auto V. Yeah, I didn't actually uh, do RDR either. I know a lot of people love that game, but more, far more so love RDR 2. So... Yeah, um, yeah, that one. Uh, I loved. I loved Red Dead Revolver. Uh, oh, Revolver, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, Redemption being the the more recent one. Uh, yeah, I just and they uh, did. There was a sequel too, right? Am I am I spacing? Well, that? No? so yeah, there was Red Dead. 
what was it called? Red. Uh, yeah, Revolver was the original. That's right. Right. And then I also didn't play that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Redemption was the latest one. What was the one between Revolver and Redemption? I think there is a Red Dead Redemption too. Oh yeah, no, it is just straight up two. No, you're you're absolutely right. Um, that, that explains it. They ran out of <laughs> R R words, I guess. Uh, I gotta tell you, <laughs> this is killing me. You know, I I usually avoid avoid Google just because I feel like the podcast is a little bit more like authentic. I don't know. It's weird. We're talking about video games. We're deep into digital shit. Yet for some reason, I seldom will look stuff up while we're while we're casting. But <laughs> people also ask. Why is Red Dead Redemption 2 so boring? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why am I trudging through snow for the first two hours? Like, oh, uh, Lord. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, Vice City, uh, I mean, having fallen in love with Grand Theft Auto 3 and then, oh my God, we're getting a sequel and it's, you know, a similar engine, similar vibe, you know, different time period, different location. Um and I, I loved it. It didn't quite eclipse three for me, uh, mostly because of the map itself, which uh, true to Florida, uh, or at least like the Miami part of Florida is extremely Miami. flat. Yeah, it is. Um, and there, are, is. yeah, I missed, I missed the verticality uh, in sure. three. I could see that. Um, something they brought back in spades with, uh, with San Andreas, of course. I mean, you know, when the, the name of your game is a fault line. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah, you're going to wind up with some, some degree of, uh, of actual vertical landscape to work with. But yeah, it's a comfortable spot for me to, to slot Vice City in. And uh, I enjoyed the heck out of that game, including, of course, it's ridiculous 80s Miami, Miami Vice. Like, there's specifically like a Crockett and Tubbs mission in there somewhere uh or it might even been a multiple part mission it's been so long i can't exactly remember but they they just went for it they went for it with the glam 80s cars and all the other that's i mean that's something that rockstar has done consistently well anyway though is how they get the vehicles dialed in for the the vibe of the time and place they're trying to create yeah uh not to mention love fist the uh, the fake uh, the fake oh, hair metal band. That's right. <laughs> that took me a second. Yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah. Well, for me coming in uh, on my list as I pull up my list again to tell you exactly where uh, I believe it's actually in the twenty fifth spot, uh, and indeed it is number twenty five is World of Warcraft really okay yep. hey wow wow yeah indeed. that's still uh it's still languishing in my unranked i am gonna have to get it in there eventually so right. yeah what what prompted you to say you know what it's going in at 25 it's it's, it's it was more like i had to fight it off for the past few weeks oh, and be like okay. no when it really comes down to it what what am i choosing and it was just uh you know i i couldn't i couldn't deny it any longer um I think I've said this about a few games, but World of Warcraft is the most of it, which is if I think about playing the game as I used to and the anticipation I would have for the game, like I can still feel it in my stomach, like mm. that, that excitement and that extreme drive uh, and addiction uh, to the game. It was it was so powerful. Um, yeah. I think I had played two MMOs in earnest before, 
Uh, oh. Final Fantasy XI and uh, uh, EverQuest II. Uh, I really liked Eleven. EverQuest II was, was okay, but then WoW came along and uh, I had so much fun playing it with John and Mark. Um, absolutely loved exploring the world. Uh, like, I think that was maybe my favorite part is just this vast world that you get to travel and uh, explore. Um, uh, and not to mention in the background, you have this constant incremental advancement going on. You know, you're getting XP for exploring, you're leveling up, you're finding new gear, like constantly in this sort of drip feed. Um, Absolutely. And then it, as the game matured, like it just got better and better. Like I, you know, I wrote down a few things to mention here, but I could, I could go on and on pulling pulling memories. Um, but as, as mentioned in a previous pod, uh, doing PVP with John, you know, we were two dwarf rogues rolling around, getting our asses kicked by, by the shaman, uh, you know, was so much fun because he was a little better at PVP. So watching him like go to work was always a blast. Um, and then I loved the booty Bay fishing contest. Oh, yeah. I think it was great once a week on, I think Saturday or Sunday. And it was just such a great, like lazy Sunday kind of kind of thing. It was Sundays, I yeah. Feel like like the fishing contest was Sundays. I never won. I I came close. Like I would even set my Hearthstone to Booty Bay proper, so that I could immediately warp back upon catching, you know, the amount of fish I needed. Um, and then uh, Stranglethorn Arena was always fun. It was this open PvP spot where like i think once a day or something a treasure chest would spawn and it was just a bloodbath in there um one of my favorite bits of geography is when you are accessing the upper black rock depths uh dungeon and you're descending down that giant chain oh yeah uh hopping or not hopping but like running from link to link to these link, giant yeah. links uh, and it's dangerous. You can fall and die. You, you know? can fall and die actually relatively easily. Yeah. It was like, you get comfortable with it, but at first it does not feel like you're going to be able to stay on top of that damn thing. Yeah. Um, I also really loved just hanging around like a tavern uh, in like a lower level area and just talking to noobs, like sort nice. of within, within character and like proper punctuation and everything. And you know, if they were cool, like giving them stuff, you know, mm -hmm. was, was always fun. Um, Dark Moon Fair was a blast. Uh, and there's a, one of my absolute favorite YouTube series is called World of Peacecraft, where it's uh, Justin oh, yeah. McElroy uh, doing a pacifist exploration of World of Warcraft. And he's oh. trying to like kiss all the leaders of the horde. Like that's blow them a kiss. Funny because it just dawned on me that that's the first McElroy content I saw. Oh, and sure. I didn't. I didn't know it. You know. Right. Yeah. Huh. Um, this game cost me approximately one uh, fiance. Yeah. Um, there True. were certainly other factors, but my brain got so warped by it that I literally felt like time not spent in World of Warcraft was was wasting time. <laughs> <laughs> That was the calculation that that my brain made. I was like, "Oh, I'm falling behind other people, and I'm not, you know, uh, pretty pretty sick." Um, uh, the last thing here I, I wanted to mention: I loved the fact that the two factions uh, spoke different languages. Like, you couldn't 
directly communicate with members of the, of the horde if you were alliance. Right. Um, but people gradually started to learn because they would speak just this sort of gibberish looking thing. Um, mm-hmm. But people would learn what you could substitute. And so you would hear someone like yelling. It would be this all caps red text. You'd be like, me love you. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. uh, other things that I won't mention. Uh, and then, of course, Keck uh, yeah. being uh, LOL. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I just loved that game for years and years. And uh, it it's was so definitely... funny. You said the part about like time's not spent in playing WoW. <laughs> and in my head, I just hear daylight is burning. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and not a game I can ever really return to um, because it's different now. The world itself is different. I don't like the world as much after the big cataclysm. You know, yeah. they ruined Lock Modan, and it's like, I don't want to go there again now. I heard uh, you talking about low-level pubs, and I was thinking, oh, Lock Modan. Yeah. And then uh, you're not playing it. John isn't playing it. Mark isn't playing it. Like, there's just... It really lowers the motivational factor. Yeah, it could never be what it was again and and that's that's okay uh it still obviously holds a, a very dear space in my heart i mean for a bunch of people out there at current it is burning crusade again right uh, that's the current classic wow if i understand correctly i don't know if they're launching classic classic wow servers or have those up in addition to to the bc servers i was very tempted uh when a mutual friend of ours friend acquaintance whatnot uh, asked me to, uh, to, to jump in on classic, but I was just like, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> right? <laughs> like truthfully. And I, you know, I, it's like, I want to actually plumb the depths on this one. Um, but I feel like there is the inevitability of wow on my list and maybe even other opportunities to talk about it on the pod. Um, and you did in fact mention lock down, which I was going to, to, <laughs> kind of poke you on um so like there's not there's not too much else uh mm-hmm. did you did you start horde or did you start alliance i started alliance i i dabbled in horde uh, a little bit but oh I that's never... right no dwarfs yeah you know you never ran a heavy horde uh yeah i had, I had a few alts i had a uh undead necromancer that i i had some fun with um but yeah mostly mostly horde or mostly alliance for the alliance, alliance as they say indeed they do um, well well i don't have a segue for this one but it is time for what i love about all right moses you got any love this week so what i love about world of warcraft no just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um so i watched an amazing documentary and I was like trying to figure out how to phrase this is what I love about, but I'm just going to say, screw that. Uh, I'm just going to, uh, you, you'll see the connection in pretty short order. Uh, it is called A Glitch in the Matrix, and I believe it's streaming on Hulu. Um, it is not about the Matrix, although there's a portion of it that is about the Matrix. It is about uh, simulation theory. Ooh. Paul, I think you're probably somewhat familiar with simulation theory, the theory that we all live inside of a giant simulation. Right. Um, and there's a pretty fantastic segment in the middle of it, uh, which could be done and redone, which I'm going to wind up having to do a kind of weird variant of it for a conference talk uh, of the progression of game graphics. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but the the connection here in terms of what I love about games is how something like simulation theory was it's been around for for quite a while um but it was completely inaccessible to like most people honestly for quite unless you're like a pretty hardcore sci-fi geek like or a computer scientist um you just weren't really going to be likely to stumble across simulation theory let alone get it Mm -hmm. and games have fundamentally it's not an accident that they run through this development of graphics and they keep showing like game graphics throughout this documentary um games have changed all of that to where people understand simulation uh intuitively they don't necessarily technically understand it at all but they understand Mm -hmm. it intuitively and so when elon musk is interviewed and says you know i i'm not going to discount simulation theory i think it's pretty likely that we're inside of a simulation people can understand what he's saying and i honestly think a big reason for that is video games yeah and that's pretty freaking awesome it's pretty freaking awesome i mean you know never mind the part that says uh if you're going to lend any credence to simulation theory that a huge accelerator for in at least in our simulated or otherwise reality a huge accelerator for simulations has been games anyway Mm -hmm. um so you know there's a bit of a feedback loop there between like darpa and the video game industry as far as um you know the military versus the games industry for driving graphics um and processing power uh but uh and you know now a new player enters the the match with the cryptocurrency but um you know fuck that stuff anyway (laughs) um it's a there's just something very cool there there's something very cool there about that kind of intersection of simulation and game and how games make this in particular an available concept for people to think about their world. Yeah. Yeah. I I like it. Um, And I was, I was sort of pondering like, it obviously has been happening gradually, but okay. Take something like Pong as a very basic example. Sure. Pong Pong does not evoke a, a world or, or a simulation. Like you don't think that you're the paddle. Like it's not meant to represent that, but what about the game? I think it's called Adventure, which is also a very mm-hmm. old game where you do inhabit this avatar exploring this world. And like, was that enough to sort of plant that seed in people's minds or, or start opening their minds in the way that you described? Yeah, or did it take a more like, did it take a more one-to-one facsimile before that it started evoking those sorts of thoughts, I wonder? I mean, I think that... I think that WoW is a great example of uh, something that is a milestone in this entire process because so many people started living virtual lives mm-hmm. in MMOs and having, you know, real friendships, real relationships that bridged from from the virtual space, but were foundationally virtual and foundationally relied on simulation. Um, I think the further back you go, the more you know, the the less accessible it is to a broader audience. Like Pong is interesting because if you're going to go from the developer angle, they're simulating, you know, tennis or, or ping pong, right? Yeah. Um, so they're thinking about it as a simulation. Yeah, but that us as players, you know, yeah, it's like okay, you're 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 focusing on the little dot on on the screen. You're focusing on the analog control that you're using to to move your little paddles around. You're really not thinking about tennis. Whereas like we tennis. Mm-hmm. You're thinking about tennis. You're right. fully, and I mean, even even you know, uh, sports video games before that, where you were really, really thinking about the sport. You know, mm-hmm. um, so 
I think there's, yeah, like it, it, it's less of it being a specific and clear kind of line in the sand um, in comparison to The Matrix as a movie, which it's not an accident for a variety of reasons if you watch the documentary that the, the documentary is a glitch in The Matrix because they just take it on head on. It is, hey, everything is a simulation. We're actually going to use that as, as the foundational theme of this piece of experience. Um, but I do, I do have to think that part of that intersection is where video game technology was in, uh, in the nineties was starting to get in, in the direction for more people to, uh, organically connect with that. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'd heard of that movie. I, I haven't checked it out yet, but, uh, I'm, I'm definitely curious, man. It's worth it. It's good. Cool. Well, uh, there is, uh, Love lost for me this week uh, because I uh, I'm gonna skip uh, the segment because I, I don't have anything. <laughs> no, fair enough. I uh, almost didn't, and then I realized that like, hey, I just watched this movie this week and it's a good fit. But uh, you know, it happens. Yeah, um, I do. Uh, however, have a tell me about for you, Moses. All right. Um, tell me about uh, if. And you're free to interpret this uh, however you wish. Um, if you could pull one game from the future and play it today, what would it be? Interesting. Yeah, that's a really, um, really challenging question because there's different ways to uh, to play this one. Right. Uh, you know, I could play it strictly in a kind of sequel-minded sense and be like, you know, I want to pull the, you know, eight Zelda games from now, and I have no idea exactly what that is, but I know that it's been such a reliable franchise that um, that it would be a, a really good way to go. Um, you know, I could try and make a <laughs> play for like something much simpler, which is, well, Elden Ring still isn't out yet, <laughs> but yeah. that's tantalizingly, I mean, tantalizingly close. We're back to, to, to Tantalus here. Um, but uh but of course, also as, as far off as, as ever, in a sense. Um, so instead, I should do something that's going to be neither of those. And I'll tell you, uh, even though this is a terrible idea, um, and, and which I kind of, knowing what I'm putting out here, I shouldn't even say it. Um, there's going to be, at some point, an MMO that is that takes the world by storm like world of warcraft did but that is like foundationally different as a play experience from anything we've experienced as an mmo mm -hmm. it's going to be massive it's going to allow for group stuff it's going to have some competitive things folded in it's going to be a, a sprawling world of imagination but the game mechanics are going to be things that we haven't thought about yet uh or at the very least have no one would think that you could get them to work in an mmo genre mm -hmm. um and if I could pull that from the future or inject myself into that future experience now, I think I would be all about it. But you can see the problem here is I'm saying, oh, give me that, give me that crack. Get me back on that. <laughs> wow. That like, you know, really did consume so many hours of my life. And there is a difference between like video games broadly consuming many hours of our lives and a specific game being like a compulsion engine at a whole other, a whole other scale, as much as like Apex is a compulsion engine for me pales it just pales next to wow <laughs> yeah you know and i'm like yeah put it together with like a better infrastructure for social support and immersion 
with mechanics that are not just action buttons. Right. Like I'd be so into it. I would love to experience that and know what that game is going to be like. And eventually we probably all will. I, I seriously anticipate somebody's probably working on this already, but whether I, many attempts have been kind of made at this, mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily things that have launched, but I know like there have been different attempts to kind of work a different angle. And it's not like Wildstar or, or Guild Wars or something, but like um, I think a lot of them haven't gotten off the ground. I think a lot of funding has gone into like, you know, into money pits when it comes to projects like these. Yeah. Sooner or later, someone's going to get it though. It's going to be freaking fun. Yeah. And I I hope, I hope, uh, I hope we're there to play it together. I I don't see why we wouldn't be. I I expect we will be. And hopefully, uh, you know, relationships will survive in the process. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's this, this unholy curse that you're bringing from, from the future. I know, I know. I, I think that both of us have better self-regulation capacities than we did when we were younger and the ability to say, okay, if I'm going to play this and enjoy it, I do need to bound it a little bit. Right. Like, hey, you know, once a month, losing an entire weekend day is maybe okay. Not not more than that. Definitely not more <laughs> than that. And it can't be like, I'm playing this every day. Like yeah. it just, or not like five hours a day anyway. <laughs> exactly. A little, little bit of balance in there. Uh, good answer. I, I would not have, uh, would not have guessed that, but uh, yeah. very, very compelling. Did you have anything that was kind of floating around in your own, in your own noggin as um, that one? Well, uh, I'm so death stranding two has been all but confirmed Ooh. like Norman Reedus and Hideo Kojima have been dropping hints mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm on board for whatever, whatever okay. Hideo wants to cook up next. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. That's a great answer, of course. Yeah. And Natch, if you will. Indeed. Um, great. You got one for me. So, Paul, tell me about a time when I was scared in a video game. <laughs> <laughs> you, you knew this was coming. Uh, pay, payback is... Payback oh, is no. So soon, though. Oh, my God. Things. Yeah, well, I had to. Um, yeah. So, um, and I did actually alter the lineup a little bit because you invoked World of Warcraft. So I actually swapped out. Uh, I was having trouble filling the roster. Okay. Um, because unlike uh, your Fuck, Mary Kill, which was, it's relatively easy to find some some solid, compelling uh, characters that um, uh, that are, you know, with the protagonist, NPCs who are, who are helpful, friendly, interesting, etc. I had a little bit more trouble with the route that I'm taking, which is, of course, the villains. Ooh. Now, this started off pretty easily, um, and I ran into trouble real fast. But So I did like do a little bit of research, and I was like, oh, here's a character that you'll know, but I don't know, which is uh, the boss from Metal Gear Solid 3. Ah, okay. But she got cut uh, because you brought up WoW, and I was like, well, Anixia has a human form, so let's just throw a dragon in here along with Lady Dimitrescu and... Wendy Koopa. Oh. Only sexy versions, please. Of course, of course. Um, <laughs> wow, okay. Uh, I mean, right off the top, uh, you, you gotta fuck Lady D. You, you just have to. Um, well, I mean, you're gonna have to marry one of them, so this is a bad situation, but... it Yes, and I... I she is murderous uh, and uh, duplicitous uh, and scandalous, and I... Uh, you know, uh, uh, 
presumably if we're getting married, she does love me and is not going to murder me or do horrible things. We are assuming me. whichever of these three winds up with Mary, no, they're not, uh, it's not like a, you know, short-lived, um, you know, uh, praying mantis spider relationship thing. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's gotta be, gotta be Lady D uh, gets the D if you'll forgive me. Oh, um, <laughs> I will. I don't know if our listeners yeah, will. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, and then we have uh, Wendy O. Koopa and uh, Anixia. Now, uh, it's up to you if, if there is additional information you can give me. Uh, Anixia, is she able to uh, transform into Oh, she has a human form. All the dragons in, in WoW do actually have human forms. Well, what I'm asking is, will she be relegated strictly to her human form, or is she still free? Oh, no. No, she's, she's a dragon. Okay. Uh, okay. Let's be clear on this. She is a very ancient, very evil dragon who, yes, has a elfish kind of tall human humanoid form. Okay. Um, I'm gonna have to go with with Mary Anixia, then, um, because uh, well, it, it sounds interesting being partnered with with a dragon. <laughs> the utility there, I assume, I can fly around on her back. I mean, get groceries. If, uh, if she's willing to let you, I suppose there's no reason we can't go with that. The gold dragons and like let you ride on them at some point, if I recall correctly, or bronzes <laughs> yeah. rather, the bronze. Yeah. And then, as I've already married a Wendy once in my life, uh, <laughs> there's no no need to do it a second time. No matter how mention, no matter how sexy the Koopa drawing might might be, that right. is the basis of. Uh... <laughs> Not to mention, I've killed Wendy Koopa. Dozens of times already in my life, so I won't even feel that bad about it. Because well, that's actually a good point. Yeah, just once. Well, not one stomp on the head. You know, she'll be throwing her bracelets at me, um, and have her little little underlings with their weird little drumsticks. But uh, yes. <laughs> jump on the head three times. The huh? But well, okay. In the fiction of the question, she does die. But I'm thinking, well, I have killed her, but she always comes back. But uh, death is death, and. Uh, and uh, she would have to I mean, die. we're in an edgy case here with video games to begin with. And this is, you know, d- undoubtedly um, probably the most infantile uh, or rather adolescent that we're going to get on this podcast. <laughs> so, you know, just go with it. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, that's what we're going with. Uh, fuck Lady Dimitrescu, Mary Anixia, kill Wendy Koopa. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um. Great. Well, uh, once again, no Blaseball. I did send you the sort of uh, notes of the uh, inside of Blaseball. Yes. Uh, I emailed that over to you. Nothing about when the game is returning, but there is some some uh, very interesting stuff in there. Um, but for now, we will uh, zoom ahead to our final segment of the show. It's Make My Game. Make My Game. And coming this week from Mega Realm Productions. <laughs> I like that. We have Terrible Ballet Rebellion. Oh, yes. Oh, wow. wow. I feel like we haven't had something um, this wacky in a minute. Like yeah. for the last few episodes, we've had things that, well, well, um, potentially sparking interesting concepts. This is one of those where you're just like, oh, Okay, yes, this doesn't exist. This doesn't make me think of something <laughs> that definitely exists. This is like 
really out there. And also like, it really, it's a beautiful title, like saying it out loud. It's got all these nice B's and L's and E's like terrible ballet rebellion. Yeah. Yeah. It truly does. It truly does. Um, I guess the first question that we have to settle um, in this instance is the platform question. Uh, like, are we looking at something that is, uh, you know, conventional PC slash console or PC specific, or is this potentially uh, mobile or even extra game? I hope not actually in this particular yeah. instance, because I think it would be too limiting. Um, what do you think? Um, so the very first thing that popped in my head was a massively multiplayer rhythm game. Ooh. Which I lends like itself more it. to PC, although it could be a stripped down mobile affair as well. No, um, I think let's, uh, let's go with it being a PC game, um, like PC specific. And it's even better if I think in this case that uh, that limitation will be helpful if we don't even we just throw consoles and, and mobile and everything else out the window. We're focusing on it as a massively, yeah, rhythm, a massively multiplayer rhythm game, which yeah, I MM... definitely does not exist as far as I know. Yeah, <laughs> and then the terrible part uh, I started thinking um, about the producers. Um, and how they need to tank the musical to make the insurance money or whatever it is. So what if the steps that you're taking, the rhythms, the taps or whatever, uh, are specifically designed to be terrible so that the play is a flop and then you are freed from your ballet servitude? Only to be, you know, re-inservituted, re-enslaved, um, in the, in the next season, in the, one, one might presume, right? If it's an MMO, maybe it'd be a season structure to keep players coming back. You gotta, um, I'm, I'm liking this idea. Uh, I'm wondering if um, there's ways to you know, kind of level some competing forces of uh, structure and like non-structure, or it's like you, you, need to, you need to tap just wrong. It is a rhythm game. Mm-hmm but it's about hitting slightly bad rhythms. It could be, um, or it could be that the correct rhythms are incorrect uh, according to the in-universe production, but uh, it, not, it, it doesn't necessarily require you to, to intentionally miss the timing. Uh, oh, sure, no, it's more a question of like, normally uh, in rhythm games, you're trying to like, get something that is rhythmically sound and you want the players to hit on something that is yeah, kind of compositionally sound from a musical standpoint. Yeah, that's, yeah. Um, and so there's different ways to do that. And so, I mean, one is, yeah, you're asking them to hit stuff. It, it is intentional. They're, they're going for what they're supposed to be doing, but it's things that are actually going to be really hard because they're a little bit arrhythmic. Mm -hmm. um, or alternatively, you could just lean heavily into the fiction where it could still be rhythmic, but it is counter rhythmic to what is supposed to be getting what, what the audience wants, what yeah. the fictional audience wants. And that might even be a better way to go. Cause that way you could still have like really bomb music um, with like compelling rhythm action. And I mean, one thing that this really suggests uh, the moment you say massively multiplayer rhythm game um, is the idea that 
you know, people have different parts. So it's mm-hmm. like uh, a, a rock band um, style experience in one sense that like, you're not all trying to hit the same beats. Yeah. Um, or even maybe taking that further, what if there are two competing factions, a faction of players who want to do it properly within the game mm. and the faction that's trying to sabotage it. And I'm also picturing like, uh, uh, like a Sumotori Dreams-esque thing where you've got like two people on the end, like tripping into a horde of other people doing it right. And everyone like falls over and, you know, uh, so you're, it's like a, a push and pull in that way. I like it. I like it. I think that this would be like tremendously tricky um, to, to execute mm-hmm. um, because of the scale part of it. Like making this as like a small versus game with like, you know, a lobby of 20 people or whatever like that. That's pretty big, but it's not like, like 10 v 10 or something, you know, like that's mm-hmm. not un that, that doesn't really kind of boggle the uh, imagination for how you could make it happen. But the moment you start going like, oh yeah, you have small battles and whatever uh, strictly cooperative runs that people do together and some performances that they do together in some way, shape or form but you also have massive events that happen on a scheduled basis that can support as many players as can get in there. Um, and like, you know, it becomes strictly how much physical room there is virtual room in the, in, in the, in the virtual venue or whatever it is mm-hmm. on the stage, as far as, you know, and you could really see it gets pretty crazy starting to look like people are trying to pack in more and you're still trying to execute what you're trying to make happen. Yeah, I think that could feed into the the chaos and sort of the slapstick nature of it as well. I really like the idea of making it kind of goofy too. The Sumatory sure. Dreams is a great a great touch there that like we've got something inherently elegant. Uh, we're not going to completely strip the elegance out of it, um, but we're going to add a whole lot of kind of awkward, goofy stuff that's very intentional. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like it's still got that that ballet elegance uh, as far as a general um, shape to it, but then just conspicuously awkward and goofy at times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like it. I'm not sure if I have too much more to, to throw on there. I don't, I definitely don't. I think I've got a pretty decent sense of, um, you know, of, of what the general outline is, is. And as I have said so many times when we're doing make my game, uh, get start getting into to to start describing it any more at all is to start to have to describe it a whole lot more right and i haven't said exactly that but close enough yeah uh great well that is this week's game then from mega oh and mega mega realm Realm. right there also definitely sounds mmo-esque it does uh, it truly does (laughs) mmrg That should not have been that hard, but it certainly was. Indeed, it, it, it sometimes it just doesn't uh, doesn't roll off the tongue. Right. Well, <laughs> speaking of hard things, it's always hard to say goodbye, but say it yeah. we must uh, because it's the end of the show. Uh, Moses, thanks for being here with me tonight. Yeah, Paul, as uh, as good as always, and I think perhaps by next week, uh, we uh, might have a guest, but uh, we might have a new feature. We sure will. And uh, until then, uh, thanks to everyone out there for listening to this week's episode of Paul and Moses Play. 
Uh, if you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion for the show, please email us at paulandmosesplay at gmail.com. We'll see you next week. And until then, never, never. Stop, stop playing. playing.